Matthew 5, verse number 3, it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Watch these next three. This is where we're going to land today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things about you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, Jesus said, and Paul echoes this many times, that if you are a true follower of Christ, you will be persecuted. If you are a follower of Jesus, just a heads up what's coming, Jesus is like, hey guys, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Because my kingdom is contradictory to the world. The world and this kingdom of this world runs by a whole different set of rules, plays by a whole different set of rules. But in this kingdom, because you stand for salt and light and goodness and truth, they will hate you. In fact, Jesus, we love John 3, 16. For God so loved the world because he gave his only begotten son that anybody believing in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But if you keep reading it, it says, here's the real problem. The light of the world has come into the world, but men have chosen darkness because of their evil deeds. So he ends by saying, just a heads up, if people hate you, if they come against you because you're a believer, a Christian, they hated me, they're gonna hate you, it's just a part of the deal. If I was sitting on the mountainside and this is the message of this new guy that I'm following, I'm like, okay, like, this is exciting. No, I'm happy I got the hoodie. This is awesome. I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called, Finally Found What I've Been Looking For. I finally found what I've been looking for. I want to ask you today, do not believe the lie of this world. It is counterfeit. The world presents all these things that are all exterior. Jesus, in the Beatitudes, blessed, the word translate is really the word happy. But it, happy doesn't even do it justice. He says blessed, happy. He's talking about the internal reality of a Jesus follower. He says on the inside will be an exclamation of joy and peace. Joy and peace. The world promises joy and peace, but cannot deliver joy and peace. Jesus, when you receive his kingdom, it comes out of you rivers of living water. The hope of heaven. The joy of the Lord. The peace that surpasses all understanding. This is the internal world of a Jesus follower. Religion always takes care of the outside, but Jesus always addresses the inside. He says, you know, the problem with you religious people is you care about the outside, the behavior. No, God comes and he starts to deal with our inner world. I'll give you strength. I'll give you perseverance. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. This is the internal reality of someone that follows God. Blessed. The world says you're blessed if you got this, that, and the other. The world says you're blessed if you got these, the, the, the list of all the things the world says is success. Jesus says, no, I'll tell you who's happy. I'll tell you who's blessed. The one that is poor in spirit. The one that walks in meekness. I'll tell you the one that's, that's really blessed. Now notice Jesus 
offers a list of things that the world hates. Goodness, meekness, humility. The world despises these things, and yet Jesus presents them as the true way of life. He says, no, surrender and commit to true happiness. This leads to a life of true happiness and a deeper relationship with God. When you say, you know what, I'm blessed. Even though I'm poor in my spirit, I'm blessed. You know, even though I'm meek, I'm blessed. I finally found what I've been looking for. The world put me on a journey to go find fame and finance and this, that, and the other and the adventure. And I, I sought it and it did not deliver what I was looking for. I'll never forget in 1993 when the Cowboys were good. That's right. We're almost two decades in that they haven't been good. Okay. Shots fired at Dallas folks. Okay. So I'm glad you're part of our church. I'm just shots fired. But the Cowboys in 1993 won the Super Bowl. It would be the first of three. And Troy Aikman, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, he said something so great years after winning a three in a row. He said after he won his first Super Bowl in 1993, he laid down in his hotel room that night and he thought to himself, is that it? That's, that's it? I spent my whole life practicing and sacrificing and working for a Super Bowl ring and I finally won it and it feels empty. Isn't that the world? It promises you everything that it cannot deliver and yet just receiving the truth of Jesus, it fills you with exclamation of joy and an exclamation of peace. When you find Jesus, you find everything you've been looking for. When you find Jesus, you don't need to look for anything else because he is your total complete fulfillment and total completeness. Come on, clap and thank God today. This is who he is. Let's look today at these three. I love the first one. Write down number one. We are hungry and full at the same time. We are hungry and we are full at the same time. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We are hungry and we are thirsty at the same time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, let's just, let's just get one thing straight. You and I have this in common. We know what it means to be hungry and we know what it means to be thirsty. Has anyone before ever had a craving? All the pregnant women in their houses are like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I'm, I got craving. We all crave stuff, okay? For me, I'll just let you in on a couple of my cravings. This is personal. These are the things I crave in my life. I crave Mentos. I know it's crazy. I just, I'm a man. Mentos guy. I crave peanut butter and jelly. I stopped eating them because I gained a lot of weight. Okay. I crave croissants. Right now I'm on a croissant kick. I love croissants. Okay. Talez-vous français. I love croissants right now. I crave them, but I can only eat them once a week. Okay. Again, weight stuff. But but no, I, 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 I have cravings. You and I know what it means to be parched, to be to be thirsty, to go, oh my gosh, I need a drink so bad. I need some water. I need some Gatorade. I, need, I, I just need. We know what it means to be hungry and thirsty, but Jesus is saying those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness now righteousness theologically we understand that righteousness is a gift god gives us righteousness it is a gift that we cannot earn and we do not deserve it was only given to us by the perfect sacrifice of jesus on a cross he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in other words, hear me today, you are justified in the courts of heaven. 
when you die and you go to heaven, you will stand in front of the judge. You will stand in front of the courts of heaven and you will be justified as blameless, justified as perfect because of the gift of righteousness that Jesus gave you. This is called justification. But what Jesus is talking about here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He is now talking about sanctification. This is the practical lifestyle of the righteous that I am, I, I was given the gift of righteousness in the courts of heaven, but here on earth, practically, I want to live righteous. I want to live by the righteous standards. In other words, what I'm really hungry for and what I'm really thirsty for is I am hungry to do the will of God. The will of God in my body, the will of God in my finances, the will of God in my relationships. I hunger and I thirst to do what God wants, God's ways, God's principles. This is what, this is what keeps me up at night. I'm hungry to do the right thing. I'm thirsty to do it God's way. In fact, one time they come to Jesus and like, Jesus, aren't you hungry? Like, you, like, we're all hungry. Are you hungry? And he says to them something brilliant. He says, guys, you need to know this. I have food to eat of that you do not know of. And they go to his Jansport backpack, and they're like, what is he packing in this thing right here? Does he have some Mott's applesauce, or what's going on? He goes, guys, I got food to eat of you don't even know of. And they're like, does he have a Postmates account? He goes, my food is to, the, to do the will of the Father. Blessed, happy is the one who is hungry and thirsty to do it God's way. Blessed is the one that says, I tell you, I can't get enough. All I want is righteous standards. I don't want compromise. I don't want mixture. I don't want duplistic tendencies. I don't want to become deviant. I want righteousness. I want truth. Blessed is the one. You are blessed when you're hungry for it and thirsty for it. Oh, I love what Paul says. Paul says this in Romans 6. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full-time remember you've been raised from the dead into god's way of doing things sin can't tell you how to live after all you're not living under that old tyranny any longer you're living in the freedom of god Happy is the one that goes, you know what? I'm not living for compromise. I'm not living to get away with a little bit of this and a little bit of that and sneak this and get a little compromise. No, no, no. I'm hungry and thirsty for God. I am hungry and thirsty for God's truths and God's ways. And I want righteousness not just in my life. I want righteousness in the land. I want righteousness on the earth. I want righteousness in my home, in my city, in my nation, in the world. I hunger and thirst for righteousness, not just for me, but for all of us. Oh, I love, I love what David says all throughout the scriptures. He talks about how he's hungry for God, how he's desperate for God. He's seeking God. Look at Psalm 42. I love this. It says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Listen to the same author, same writer, same heart. Psalm 63, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water religion 
has no hunger. Religion has no thirst. But relationship with God goes, I am so hungry to do the right thing here. I am so hungry to make right this relationship. I am so thirsty to get God's truths and God's principles and God's ways into my life. How does it affect my marriage? How does it affect my children? How does it affect my lifestyle? How does God, I'm hungry for God. You are, not, you are not fulfilled because you just receive a gift of righteousness and live in a life of compromise. You are fulfilled when you receive the gift of righteousness and then do the best you can for the rest of your life to live at the level of that gift. So he's teaching who's really blessed. He's teaching who's really, who's really happy on the inside. And you're happy on the inside when you have an appetite for the things of God. When you go, I, I, I got to be honest, Mentos and PBJs, croissants, those are all awesome. But you want to know, these people are laughing at me here, okay? I don't know if you're laughing at me, but they, they just, I felt it. But he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We are hungry and we are full at the same time. It's the person that's really happy. Don't, don't, don't look at social media and be like, man, they are happy. No, they're not. Jesus is telling you who's happy. It's, not, it's never external. It's always internal. And it's the one that is hungry and thirsty to do it God's way in their life. I want righteousness. I want righteous standards. I want righteous judgments. I want to do it God's way in my life. Look at the next one. I love this. Write down number two. Blessed are those. We are receiving and giving at the same time. We are receiving and giving at the same time. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Now, the word mercy in the Hebrew is translated the word hesed. And the word hesed is charity or loving kindness. This is the character and the nature of God. God is merciful by, by character and nature. Mercy is who he is. He is a merciful God. In fact, let me just show you a couple of scriptures that, that prove this. Psalm 103, Lord, you're so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. And so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. Psalm 145, verse 8, watch this. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Mercy is who God is. He is charity. He is loving kindness. He does not treat us as we deserve. He shows great mercy to us. He gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us his love. He gives us his kindness instead. He's a merciful God. This is who God is. He says, blessed are those who are merciful for they will receive even more mercy. Listen, I want to tell you, when God is merciful to you, you can't help but be merciful to others. The person that does not walk in mercy all of a sudden arrives to a belief that they deserve mercy. But when you understand, I do not deserve grace, I do not deserve mercy, I do not deserve his faithfulness, how could I get all this mercy and not give it to somebody else? God wants you to be merciful to two people. He wants you to be merciful to those that need forgiveness, the sinner, and those that are in need, those that are in tough times. So giving hope, that's showing mercy to people, that's showing presence to people, that's people in need, need of prayer, need of situation, need of financial help, that's mercy. And the sinner... The one in need of forgiveness. God says, blessed are those who are merciful. 
for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those to the sinner that say, Whoa, I know what it means to mess up. I mess up. I, I know what it means to sin. I am a sinner. I am no better than you, man. I am no better than your situation. God showed me mercy. How can I not show you mercy? If not, you will forget and you will think, I deserved all this mercy because I'm spiritual. No, you're not. You didn't deserve anything. Oh, I love the story Jesus tells in Matthew 18. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells a story about this one guy that owed $1 billion. He owned a billion. He owed a billion dollars. This was his debt was $1 billion. So the king comes to this guy and forgives, wipes the debt clean of a billion dollars. The guy leaves the presence of the king and goes and finds somebody that owes him $20. He just got forgiven a billion. He's going after somebody that owes him 20. So he comes to the guy that owes him 20 and he's harsh. He's mean. He's critical. In fact, he throws the guy that owes him 20 into the prison until he can pay it back. When the word finds to the king of what this servant has done, he comes to him. Watch what the king says in Matthew chapter 18. The king said to him, you scoundrel. Is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed you? Can I ask you a question? Why are you so merciful to yourself and so mean to others? Blessed, happy, joy and peace billowing on the inside is the one that shows mercy. I was trying to teach this to my five-year-old the other day, my Mavi boy. Uh, his, his, his brother, the, the seven, Winston, who's, who's, who's much more spiritual than him, he came to church today. The other day, Winston was just owning his, his little brother, Mavi. He was owning him, just, just savage mode, just crushing him. So I got the seven-year-old off the five-year-old. I'm like, my man, you can't do He's younger than you. Two years younger. He, he has no muscles. You have muscles. He doesn't have muscles yet. Like, get off of him, bro. Like, this is not cool. This is not cool. Get, leave your brother alone. I turn around, go, you know, do something. And then I start hearing the younger, the two-year-old crying. And I come to the two-year-old, and he's like just getting demolished by the five-year-old. And I look at the five-year-old, I said, my man, I just got your older brother off of you. And then you go and attack the little one? What is wrong with you? Next time, I'm just going to let him have his way with you, bro. See, what the Bible is teaching us is we receive mercy. Not so we can walk away and treat others harshly. But we, we receive mercy so we can be loving, gracious, and kind. Blessed are those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. How much mercy do you need in your life? I don't know about you, but I need a lot of mercy. I need a lot of mercy over my life. I need a lot of mercy in my situations. I need a lot of mercy in my home. How about you? And the way that you know you really understand mercy is when you give mercy. So we are receiving and giving at the same time. This is all of Christianity. We are receiving what God gives us so we can give what God gives us. He comforts us so we can be a comfort. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. He gives peace to us so we can carry peace on the earth. He gives you joy so you can bring laughter. Come on, thank God today. We are receiving and giving at the same time. 
So he says, blessed, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And then the last one, he says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. In fact, write down the last one, number three, we are dirty and clean at the same time. We are dirty and clean at the exact same time. Only God can do this kind of stuff. We are dirty and clean at the same exact time. How in the world can you be dirty and clean at the same time? I'll show you. Blessed are the pure in heart, pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, we know that in the Bible, no one actually ever saw God. People saw forms or variations of God. Worship team, you come join me. In fact, we know that Isaiah kind of saw the train of his robe. We know that Moses saw a little bit of the hem of his garment. We know that John had a, had a vision of Patmos on the island. We know that the leaders of Israel they saw a form of variation, but no one ever actually saw God. How can you be pure in heart and see God? The heart in scripture is the most important part of who you are. The heart is everything. The heart is attached to in scripture, your will and your emotions. Blessed are those who are pure in their heart, their will and their emotions. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wait, like I'm going to see God? No, 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 no. It's not like God. But you can see the hand of God. You can see the workings of God. You can see the strategy of God. You can see going, oh, wait, I see. Oh, that was God. And God helped me meet that person. And God closed that door. And God brought me here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Your heart is the central part of who you are in all of the scriptures. Your heart is the most important part of who you are. That's why David says in Psalm 51, God, will you create in me a clean heart? Will you, God, take my heart that is tarnished, tattered, bruised, broken, confused, cluttered, bitter, will you wash it as white as snow? He's talking to an audience. Remember, they have surrendered and committed. They have repented and received this new kingdom, which means God has given them a brand new heart. See, the thing I love about God is that when God gives you a new heart, it's not just surgery on the old one. God can bara. Create in me a clean heart. The Hebrew word there is bara. It's the same word in the Hebrew that's used in the book of Genesis when God created the heavens of earth. He created something out of nothing. God can today create in you a clean heart. In fact, he gets rid of the old one to give you a brand new one. This is who God is. Watch here. Psalm 51.10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 24, watch this. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand by his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way that is everlasting. 
In other words, what God is saying, blessed is the one who's got a pure heart, who on the inside, the core, the will, the emotions of who they are, it's pure. Their motives are pure. Their relationships are pure. Their intentions are pure. God has washed them from the stain of sin. God has cleansed them from the pain of the past. God has delivered them from what has destroyed them in the youth. Blessed is the one who has a pure heart, for they shall see God. I don't know if you can see God in 2020. I don't know if you can see God in your home. I don't know if you can see God in your business. I don't know if you can see God in our country. But I'm telling you, if God washes your heart and heals your heart and cleanses your heart, you'll be able to see Him. It's not that God has gone anywhere. It's that our hearts have been filled with burdens and anxieties and heaviness and weight and pressure and pain see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Do you want to see God? Let Him work on your heart. Because the cleaner your heart gets, the more evidence of His presence comes. It's like, oh, I can see it. I, yeah, there's God. There's God. There's God. What is God saying when you can see Him? I love you. Got a plan for you. Don't go by the exterior. Let's work on the interior. I finally found what I've been looking for. I finally found it. I think that Jesus, by the way, I love where Jesus has set up his sermon on the mount. He's on a mount, but he's actually next to a highway. Because this is not for a select few. This is for anybody that hears. He has come to preach a message of repentance and a message of the kingdom of God. For all those who hear it, for all those who will surrender and commit to it, he offers them the blessed life. He paints a picture of what blessed life looks like, and not once does he tell you how to obtain it. Now, why would Jesus tell us what the blessed life looks like and never once say, and this is how you obtain it? Because he is saying something to his audience. He is saying something to a Zoe. He is saying, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. There is no way to the blessed life without me. Here is how you obtain it. You follow me. You serve me. You worship me. You love me. You allow me to do surgery in your heart. Come on, somebody thank God today. The blessed life is only found in Christ. It is not in this world. It is not in culture. It is not in money. It is not in fame. It is not in all kinds of adventure. It is found in a relationship with Jesus.